0: Thank you for joining LTC NetChat, Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APAC-IN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APAC-IN. And I'm here today with APAC-IN Curriculum Development Specialist, Jesse McGill, to talk about the Skilled Nursing Facility Prospective Payment System Fiscal Year 2022 Final Rule and what nurse assessment coordinators need to know for October 1st implementation. Welcome, Jesse.
1: Thanks, Amy. I'm happy to be here today.
0: Well, let's dive right into this information. When the proposed rule came out this spring, the PDPM parity adjustment was the focus of much collaboration and discussion. But when the final rule came out, CMS had postponed any adjustments. Do you think this decision was made because of the volume of comments CMS
1: received? Oh, that is a great question, Amy. And the parity adjustment was, like you said, it's one of the biggest topics when the proposed rule first came out. And CMS received an enormous response from providers and individuals and letter writing campaigns. And they noted that a majority of the commenters strongly objected the methodology that CMS used for this proposed parity adjustment. And with a lot of the comments, the overall concern was that the fiscal year 2020 data, because of the public health emergency with COVID-19, was not truly representative of the PDPM implementation because we only had PDPM in place for five months before COVID-19 public health emergency was announced. And a lot of the commenters really felt strongly that CMS did not fully capture the acuity of the COVID-19 patients and overall did not capture the impact that COVID-19 had on Medicare beneficiaries throughout 2020. It's great to see that
0: our comments really make a difference in what CMS does going forward. I mentioned earlier that the parity adjustment was postponed. Any insight
1: into when we might see this again? We should expect more information next spring. In the final rule, CMS did respond that they're taking all of these suggestions and recommendations from the commenters into consideration. But we still have to look at the overall goal of the parity adjustment, which was budget neutrality. So when we look at why was there a parity adjustment is because we had a new payment model implemented, which was supposed to be budget neutral. So when we transitioned from RUGS4 to PDPM, That was supposed to cost the same to Medicare without any adjustments. But what CMS saw was a large increase in cost to the Medicare program under PDPM. And so the purpose of the parity adjustment is to achieve that budget neutrality. In the final rule, CMS said that they're going to propose an adjustment in the fiscal year 2023 SNP-PPS proposed rule, and that's going to come out in April 2022. CMS also noted that while they have to take all this stuff into consideration, it has to be done in a very well-considered but expedient manner. So we don't want to wait too long. We're already delaying it one full year to wait till the fiscal year 2023 proposed rule, but we don't want to put it off much longer because the longer we put it off, that more of an adjustment may be needed if they find that there's actually an inadvertent overpayment because of the implementation of PDPM. CMS also in the final rule really emphasized that in their data, when they removed Using their methodology, which I previously stated, you know, the commenters did not agree that the methodology captured all of the public health emergency and COVID-19 related beneficiaries, but CMS did make efforts to remove that data and still observed an increase in payments since PDPM implementation. And so they're going to consider all of the comments and and what was recommended to also look at to make a very clear analysis of how beneficiaries were impacted by COVID-19 and removing that from the analysis. And they're going to provide feedback and develop a new implementation strategy for a parity adjustment in the fiscal year 2023 SNP PPS proposed rule. So we have a
0: long wait ahead of us to find out what's coming next.
1: We won't find out anything until at least April with the proposed rule, and then any changes won't go into effect until at least October 1st, 2022. Thank you. Another
0: area the final rule had a pretty substantial impact on was the SNF Quality Reporting Program. Can you elaborate on a few of those changes that
1: we saw to this program? Absolutely. The two biggest changes was two new measures that will go into effect with the fiscal year 2023 SNF QRP program. However, data collection is going to start a lot sooner or in some cases it's already started. So let me elaborate. We have two new measures, the SNF healthcare associated infection requiring hospitalization measure and the COVID-19 vaccination coverage among healthcare personnel. So let's first look at the healthcare associated infection measure. This is a claims-based measure. And again it's going to impact the fiscal year 2023 SNF QRP program. But for that program year it's going to use claims data from fiscal year 2019. Now they went back that far because they're avoiding fiscal year 2020. They're going to skip that year altogether for the healthcare associated claims data. So, again, fiscal year 2023 program year will use fiscal year 2019 data. This measure will estimate the risk standardized rate of health care associated infections that are acquired during the SNF care and result in hospitalization. And it's going to look at, at a time period that starts the fourth day of the SNF admission, so day four after admission into the skilled nursing facility throughout that SNF stay and include the three days following a SNF discharge. A healthcare associated infection is defined as an infection that is acquired while receiving care at a healthcare facility that was not present or incubating at the time of admission. Now, this measure is risk-adjusted using all claims-based data, and it also has a lot of exclusions. Now, some of the infection types are excluded, such as chronic infections, infections with a long incubation period, infections that are likely related to a prior hospital stay, and several other factors. And there's an entire detailed list in the specification manual for this measure. There's also other risk adjustments, such as age and gender, which are taken from claims-based data as well. This measure will become publicly reported very quickly, actually April 2022, and the Care Compare Refresh. Now, the second new measure that we have is the COVID-19 Vaccination Among Healthcare Personnel measure. And this is the percentage of healthcare personnel who received a complete COVID-19 vaccination course. The numerator will include a cumulative number of healthcare personnel that are eligible to work at the facility for at least one day during that reporting period and who received a complete vaccination course against SARS-CoV-2. Now, the specifications state that a completed vaccination course may require one or more doses depending on the vaccination that is used. This measure does not have any risk adjustments and there are exclusions based on medical contraindications. The data for this measure is going to be collected, and again, it's going to impact the fiscal year 2023 SNF QRP program year, and it's going to collect the data from the CDC National Healthcare Safety Network, or NHSN, using the long-term care facility module. And It's going to start collecting information this October, so quarter 4, 2021, that fourth quarter data is going to be used for that fiscal year 2023 program year. And you have to ensure all of this data is submitted by May 16, 2022. And then we'll have public reporting of this measure October 2022 on the Care Compare Refresh. And then the subsequent reporting for public reporting will be the most recent quarter of data thereafter. The other big change with SNF QRP data was a change to the transfer of health information to the patient measure. Now this is a SNF QRP measure that was previously approved in prior rulemaking. However, it was then delayed during the public health emergency and it's still delayed. So we haven't had that official announcement of when we'll start collecting the the transfer of health information on the MDS. But when we do, there's an update to that denominator exclusion, which is for any Medicare beneficiary who discharges from the SNF to home health or hospice, they will be excluded from the transfer of information provided to the patient measure. So instead of us as a provider giving information to the patient, For the residents who discharge to home health or hospice, they would still be included in the transfer of information to the provider, again, rather than to the patient. And the final update for the SNF QRP was to the data submission and public reporting. And we had two major updates here. This was for the assessment-based measures and for the claims-based measures. For the assessment-based measures, the final rule specified that in January 2022, the Care Compare refresh will start showing some data. And remember, right now it's frozen. All the information that's publicly reported for SNF QRP is frozen on Care Compare. And we know that there's going to start unfreezing in January, and it's going to start with the most recent full three quarters of data. So this is going to be quarter 3 2020 through quarter 1 2021 and again that's going to show up on care compare with the january 2022 refresh and then by the time we get to april 2022 we're going to have a full refresh everything's going to be unfrozen it will resume with the normal four quarters of data For the claims-based measure, we're going to have a partial unfreeze in January 2022 care compare. It's going to use six quarters of data, depending on the claims measure. And then in July 2022, it's going to use a full eight quarters of data. That is a lot of information. Thank you. Let's go back and talk about that
0: SNF-HAI measure. What is one thing that our listeners can do right now to bring this back to their team? What should they be doing
1: specifically regarding the SNF-HAI measure? that's a great question. And I did. I covered so much information very quickly there. So, if there is one big takeaway, I want our listeners to understand that when this measure is first publicly reported, it is going to show old data. So, that's something that we can talk to our consumers about if they're looking at this information. And we can explain what processes and policies and improvements we've made in infection prevention since 2019. But Continue to focus on your current practices because what you're doing today to prevent healthcare associated infections and preventing those residents from going back to the hospital is going to impact your future measures. So don't focus on the fact that the currently publicly reported data is old. Focus on the fact that what you do now will impact your future program years.
0: Thank you for that
1: what is one thing
0: listeners should bring back to their team regarding the COVID-19 vaccination coverage among healthcare personnel measure?
1: Another great question. And this is one where it really should be kind of an easy win. And I say that because there's already very much more uh, strict regulations when it comes to vaccination reporting. So, This NIF QRP measure requires reporting at least one week a month during that entire month, and it's going to be measured per quarter. So you have to have three weeks reported, one per month for that quarter to meet this criteria. However, the current regulations require weekly reporting, and there is a civil money penalty if that weekly reporting is not completed. So focus on meeting that regulatory requirement, and you will already have met the SNF QRP requirement. And so it's really, the process is the same, the reporting is the same, it's in the NHSN system. So have that point person that's required or responsible for submitting that data at least weekly have a backup person if that person is on vacation or their workload is overwhelming, and even maybe have a backup to the backup. There is so much focus and such a high risk of financial loss because of the regulations. It does really require the utmost attention of your facility leadership to ensure that this reporting is completed on a weekly basis. Thank you. Is there anything else listeners should bring to their team regarding SNF QRP? One other thing to bring to your team and start looking for more information for is the potential impact on your annual payment update or your APU threshold compliance with the COVID-19 measure. CMS has stated in the final rule and on the most recent SNF Open Door Forum that the COVID-19 vaccination measure will impact your APU threshold. And we're still seeking clarification on exactly how this will work. And we expect to see some updates and clarifications from CMS. But what we know right now from the final rule is that if you are out of compliance with reporting this measure, your facility should receive a notification from a CMS contractor Prior to the quarterly reporting deadline. So again, if we look at that uh, reporting deadline for quarter 4, 2021, your reporting deadline was May 16, 2022. So there's quite a gap there for that reporting deadline. But to just be aware that CMS has stated there's going to be a process in place to alert your team if you do find yourself out of compliance with the NHSN COVID-19 vaccination reporting. Thank you, Jesse. Let's talk about the SNF Value-Based Purchasing Program. What
0: changes can our listeners expect this October?
1: The big change for the Value-Based Purchasing Program was the SNF RM or Skilled Nursing Facility Readmission Measure is suppressed for fiscal year 2022, meaning that every facility that participates in the program will receive a score of zero. They also finalize a 90 day look back period for risk adjustment for the fiscal year 2023 performance year, which includes fiscal year 2021 data. And they revised the performance period for fiscal year 2022 program. And this was already previously established in some of the interim final rules that we saw previously. But it finalized it in the final rulemaking that for fiscal year 2022 program year, the data from April 1st, 2019, through the end of the year, December 31st, 2019, and then the third quarter of 2020, July 1st through September 30th, 2020, will be used for the performance period, again, for the fiscal year 2022 value-based purchasing program. And lastly, they finalized using fiscal year 2019 data for the fiscal year 2024 baseline period. And that, again, was all changes due to the public health emergency with COVID-19.
0: That's very interesting information. Can you
1: explain in more detail
0: how the NIF readmission measure suppression will impact a facility's
1: reimbursement? Absolutely. For this suppression, it changes the scoring so that everyone will score zero. Essentially, will still be withheld, which is required by the statute, and then 60% will be reimbursed back to the SNFs. So, 60% of the 2% withholding is 1.2% that will be earned back by all SNFs that participate in this program. So, what this really means to providers is that every provider who participates in the program will still receive a cut, a 0.8% cut based on the value-based purchasing program, whether they performed well or they performed poorly. Now there is an exception to this rule, and that exception is for low volume SNFs. These SNFs will get the full 2% back because they're not considered to have participated in the program because they did not have the volume of Medicare beneficiaries. But another important thing to know, and this can be confusing, is that SNFs will still receive a score for value based purchasing. So you'll still have your score, and that score will be publicly reported for the SNF RM measure. But because of the suppression, your facility will not be ranked, which is a change from previous years.
0: Jesse, you provided our listeners with so much great information today. But I just have to ask, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to
1: know today? The last thing I want our listeners to know is that when we go through the rulemaking process and have the opportunity to provide comments to CMS, it really does make a difference. And we saw that this year. We saw the impact in the delay of the PDP and parity adjustment, as well as changes to a chemotherapy medication included in consolidated billing. These changes are only possible through being active, during that rulemaking process. And APACN, as your association, will continue to support and advocate for our members.
0: Thank you for joining me today, Jesse. This is great information for our listeners. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACChat podcast.
1: Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare, allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at AbilityNetwork.com slash in